Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right, here we go, folks. If you're the 10th caller, you win an amazing $25 gift certificate from the good folks at Sorgles. What a great opportunity, a 412-922-1020. But if you want to talk to Doug, 866-391-1020. But we got to get to your calls quickly and his opening statements because he's got a great guest coming up in the second segment of his show today. So DougOster.com, the organic gardener on the Disc Institute of Pittsburgh Newsline. Here he is, Doug Oster. Good morning, Doug. Good morning, Rob. How are you this morning? I'm good, sir. Uh, glad to get some rain this week. That was nice, and looks like we're gonna get some more tomorrow. Today's gonna be a perfect day for planting garlic and bulbs and shrubs and trees, whatever you want to get in the ground. It looks good, and I made this video that I, I really would love you to watch. It's so much fun. <laughs> like I, I was saying last week, like Johnny Appleseed, I'm Dougie Garlic Seed. And I traveled across western Pennsylvania giving away garlic. You'll meet the Garlic King of Millvale and Mike Janoski. Those are the two sources for the garlic. And uh, Pittsburgh artist John Oprasik, who always says it's a sad world without garlic. One of the best quotes from this video is, everything is better with garlic and champagne. And I I posted that quote the other day on Twitter, and somebody said, Nobody would ever say that. And then I had to go back and say, well, it means everything is better with garlic slash champagne. Not together, two different things. Uh, it's at DougOster.com. If you do watch the video, do me a favor. Just hit a like on there and subscribe to my YouTube channel. I'm putting out lots of fun videos. Hey, we're giving away another power planter garden auger today. It's my favorite tool. And as I always say, no one's paying me to say that. It is just a great tool for planting bulbs and planting all sorts of other things. If you would like to win the Power Planter Garden Auger Starter Pack, that has two augers in it, just, again, go to DougOster.com and go to the comments section and just click or just type in Power Planter, and you're entered. If you do not win, there is a discount code offer for the auger. If you'd like to buy one, you get 10% off when you type in the code we love Doug because they do love me because I'm talking about their product and it's not costing them a penny. Well, we do have a very special guest this morning after the first break. Uh, Keith Kaiser is the executive director of the Pittsburgh Botanic Garden. It's located out near Settlers Cabin Park, only a couple minutes from Ikea, and the garden is on the move. They are growing exponentially. So many cool gardens out there already, and he will be on here, uh, like I said, right after the first break to talk uh, about the garden. And then later, Mrs. Know-It-All, she's going to talk about how to use up those apples, and uh, she's going to post her famous pie crust recipe. Uh, Rob, are there any callers yet, or do you want me to keep talking about garden? No, we'll talk to Mary Lou. Hi, Mary Lou. How are you? Hey, Mary Lou. Okay. 
What's um, your question? I'm t- I want to know about perennial mums. Why can't you grow them anymore? Well, it's just the way that they're they're breeding them now. Um, even in the past, uh, a lot of times when you're planting mums this late in the season, it, they're they're just putting out too much energy on their flowers to put any energy into establishing the roots. You know, we always say about mums, and and again, you're right. It is worse now than it was before, just because the, the way these plants are bred. All they want is these flowers for right now until we get a frost. That's just the way of doing it. If you were to try, and I try every year, I try and get my mums in early in the season, September, and uh, really get them established, get those roots established. And even with under those circumstances, even with the old-style mums, you had about a 30% chance. That's just That's just the way they are. Enjoy them what they are now if you really want to grow them as perennials they should be planted they should be planted in the spring find some in the spring get them established and then they'll come back for you every year okay okay thank you all right let's get let's get this break in here and tell everybody who's coming up after the break doug yeah keith kaiser from the pittsburgh botanic garden he is our executive director that's the garden out by settlers cabin park just a few minutes from ikea and it is it is crazy out there because they are adding gardens uh it seems like almost daily but now they have some beautiful beautiful gardens out there and something we want to talk to keith about all right keith kaiser standing by pittsburgh botanic gardens and to introduce him your host doug oster go ahead doug well, my friend Keith Kaiser is the executive director of the Pittsburgh Botanic Garden. It's just west of the city near, near Settlers Cabin Park, only a few minutes from Ikea. I have seen these amazing gardens. But, Keith, tell us about what's going on out there uh, growing and growing and growing. Good morning, Doug, and thank you. Yeah, it surely is growing. You know, we've been only open five years to the public. That was April 1st, and, wow, things have just been taken off this year. You know, we reopened after COVID on the 23rd of June, and a quick month later, we opened the Garden of, of the Five Senses, which is kind of an adventure and family discovery garden that is an acre-and-a-half-size facility that now provides place for people to get in and touch and see and smell and hear and experience plants by using our senses. It's just really a way to uh, have fun with the kids through the balance beam or the kaleidoscope and things like that. But besides that, we also are in construction of our new Welcome Center, which is just going to, again, turn us around as far as another way to provide a better visitor experience to our guests. And the uh, uh, Celebration Garden, but uh, one, of the, one of the newer ones, the Hillside Pollinator Garden. That is correct. phenomenal. Last year, we opened the Pollinator Garden, which has uh, provided a place, again, for pollinators to hang out um, in a closer environment for the visitors to see. And it's a very colorful uh, garden with lots of perennials and grasses. Right now, the, um, the um, little blue stem is just great with all the foliage color of the variety called um, standing innovation. People, it catches everybody's eye. But the new pollinator garden also has interpretive panels that talk to us and share activities, uh, interactive touching and such with kids families to learn about pollination, the adaptation that's happened with plants and animals and insects and plants together, as well as um, a fun way for people to see and learn about what's happening in our apiary, our bees, and by looking at um, a, a hive up close, you could open it up. It doesn't have real bees in it, but it gives people the chance of 
seeing really what is in a hive. And you have a big event coming up, right? We do. Well, we continue to um, have our Sundays here this month called Autumn in the Gardens. Like again, today from 11 to 3, we have staff on site and volunteers that will just talk to you about um, fall foliage and, and leaves, as well as next Sunday, um, bats will be the topic. But our big lecture, um, we've gone back to uh, in-house with a lecture on site. Of course, there'll be social distancing and masks required, but Barry Kreitzer will be talking to us some about, some about some of the history of our site and the Whiskey Rebellion that took place in Western Pennsylvania. We have a, a 1780s log house on site, and it'll be a part of the uh, program. They'll get to see the house. Um, there'll be some tasting of some of the early spirits, some whiskey and moonshine, but also the lecture. That all starts about 530, and there is a ticket price, of course, for that. And one of the amazing things out there is when things did get started was the the lotus pond in the Japanese garden, how it's taking, you know, that was an old mining site, how it's taking that acid mine drainage and actually uh, filtering it. And, be, you know, I've seen that pond. It's filled with fish and frogs and all sorts of uh, wildlife. You're right. If someone hasn't been out to the gardens, they really need to come out and see some of the environmental work that's taken place. So we're 460 acres. We have 60 acres currently that are open to the public, but um, both in the Japanese garden or at the Lotus Pond, like you're saying, as well as on two other facilities um, on the site, we treat acid mine drainage as it's coming out of the old abandoned mines. And just to kind of give the perspective of that, it's a very simple passive program where the SMI drainage flows through um, limestone in a contained tank, if you will, or underground storage space, and then the water is cleaned and filtered, and we do about 25 million gallons a year, Doug, are clean wow. and um, updated. So as it flows into our, our natural water source right on down to the Ohio River, we're doing our part environmentally in a big way. You know, I remember when that just started, and... Mm-hmm. That water was like the pH of vinegar. It was so terrible. And in just a couple weeks, I think it was, they started to see life in there. And now, of course, it is just thriving. I want to go back to the Garden of Five Senses because when I was out sure. at the garden, I was just blown away by all the fun things that, that kids and families can do. And there were lots of kids and families there to enjoy that, to be outside and certainly with plenty of social distancing. Talk a little bit about that. Uh, well, first the kaleidoscope. That is such a fun, yeah. fun thing. It is. You know, it's really unique, and, and I don't know how many there are across the country, and they're especially made um, by a man in, I believe, Wisconsin. But anyway, he, he these are stand-up kaleidoscopes where there's three attached to this armature um, that has three different heights to so someone who is shorter or in a wheelchair or taller or higher. And you look through this kaleidoscope, like someone might know a kaleidoscope, you turn the ocular, and you also turn the basin that has plants in it with color and green and such. And just the two combinations of turning just is a beautiful experience for our senses, basically our eyes. And um, it's been the highlight of that garden. But there's other things. So, you know, kids can experience, or adults, just an area with lawn doing hula hoop and playing and doing activities. There's built-in chairs made out of the turf. You kind of sit down pretty low, but it's fun to sit in chairs. But it's also a place for us to really show and demonstrate in hands-on gardening techniques. 
So one of the things that we do in our garden, many of us, is watering. And what do the kids love to do? They love to do that as well. So we have a place for them to do that. But there's a discovery cart. There's the Weisbrod Learning Pavilion. So there's hands-on and it's formal and informal programming that will take place in that new structure. I want to see you do the hula hoop. <laughs> How about if I just throw it in the air? <laughs> it's been a long the other time thing, since I've done the other the thing I love about the the other thing I love about the garden, uh, besides all these great gardens, is all the the trails, and, and you can really get out mm-hmm. there and enjoy the outdoors and that dogwood meadow. Mm-hmm. Right, we have about three miles or so of walkways in the woods um, that are are mulched or wood chipped lined mostly, or some and some are gravel and such. But um, they're a good way to see our native uh, landscape and experience the plants that are native to western Pennsylvania. It's referred to as the Allegheny Plateau. That's our geographic region, kind of western Pennsylvania, eastern Ohio, down into Kentucky and West Virginia. But um, our focus really is educating the public about what they can grow in their gardens and see on our sites um, that are native right here. And uh, what's fun is in the Garden of Five Senses, Keith and I had an event together, and we planted the best thing you can plant to keep you healthy, garlic. <laughs> There's actually going to be garlic right. in that garden. Yeah. yeah, that new garden gave us the opportunity, which we needed so long, to be able to grow vegetables. Obviously, these aren't native plants, but, but the vegetables do um, great there. And we were able to plant garlic. Gar- Doug made some wonderful tomato basil garlic soup. And we had um, the opportunity to also pass out or just, you know, share with our guests that day um, kohlrabi from the garden, which you know, a good percentage of them still had never had that vegetable. So uh, tell me about the, this whole experience of, of, of you know, creating this garden, of, of having it open, having people come there. It has to be so exciting for you. It is our July and August and September number. Visitation numbers were higher than ever, and um, it really is because both the ability for us to provide a place for visitors to be outside in a safe environment that um, COVID has not, you know, affected us directly for the visitors like that. They wear masks if they're close in, but if they're out walking by themselves or experience part of the garden, there isn't need to have the mask, you know, on until someone comes by or you're near other other guests. But it's really an exciting place for me and the rest of the staff, as well as the board, to see this growth that has come, especially in the last couple of years, but also after the, the, the many years of getting open and finding the site. The original concept of creating Pittsburgh Botanic Garden started in 1988 just with a group of individuals, horticulturally based individuals, that said, we really need an outdoor display garden to do these uh, to do justice to the plants and the wonderful things that we can show on our night in our western landscape landscapes. Um, we, we just, just like a little bit of time, time left. I, I want to hear what you want visitors to get out of their visit to the Pittsburgh Botanic Garden. You know, Doug, my basic is how do people connect with plants every day? And, and they can do that by coming to the gardens, but they also know that the plants are so important in everybody's life. So just think about the food we eat. Think about the clothes you wear. Where does, where does that cotton shirt come from? So plants are so basic to our everyday life of every human on this planet, and I need to know that and respect it. Yeah. All right, Keith, thank you very much for getting up early and joining us today. 
No, Paul, Doug, it's still uh, just starting to see some light shine on out the window. Yeah. <laughs> you Good. can see all all the information you want to about the Pittsburgh Botanic Garden by going to pittsburghbotanicgarden.org. All right, Keith, Doug, thanks. Back with more in a moment. Uh, yes, he is. We're going to get back to Doug in a moment, but we'll take the 10th caller right now to win a gift certificate to Janowski's 412-922-1020. And KDK Radio has your chance to win your way to see Greg Gutfield live at the Starlight Drive-In October 25th, courtesy of... Drusky Entertainment. Visit the contest page at kdkradio.com to enter and win. Let's get to the phones today. For Doug, you folks have been so patient. We appreciate it. Here's John in Greensburg up first for Doug Oster. Good morning, John. What is a real name for a pussy? Thank you for the call. Let's go now to Anita. How are you, Anita? Good morning. Oh, good morning. Hey, um, hi, Doug. Hey, what How you been, you Anita? How you doing? Okay, and you? I'm doing good. What's on your mind? Um, whenever you plant any bulb, you know, whether it's the garlic or tulips, um, do you um, water the bulbs after you plant them? You know, that's a great question uh, because I was thinking about that with our last guest, uh, Keith Kaiser from the Pittsburgh Botanic Garden. We planted that garlic together, and that's the first thing he did was water it, and it was something I really didn't think about, but yeah, there are air pockets in there that, in the case of the, the garlic and this good soil, that you would want to water in. In the case of daffodils and tulips and crocuses and those things, I don't water. But, I, you know, now that you brought that up, I wonder if I should be. Uh, you know, for all these years I've been planting bulbs, I've never watered them in. The garlic, I do water in to get it started. And so that's just the way I'm doing it. And I've had some pretty good success in just planting the daffodils and tulips and crocuses or whatever it might be without doing any watering. Are you going to plant any this year? Well, I I planted um, um, tulips. Um, they're yellow and or, um, pink and green, and um, I forget what they're called, but I got them from Dutch Gardens, and um, and I, I um, you know, I'm like, should I be watering these or not? <laughs> oh, no, once they're, once they're in the ground, once they're, they're set, you know, the only time you would water them is maybe if you first first planted them, but I've never done that, only for the garlic. Thanks very and, much for your call. And, and, and Doug, have a, a, hey, Doug. <laughs> go ahead. Um, uh, you know, um, I meant to tell you, um, well, I, I tried calling one other time and I didn't get through, but um, I read where the tomato horn horn worm turns into the um hummingbird moth did you know that or no it's not that's what i thought too it's not that moth it's a different moth that it turns into and i think it's called sphinx moth but i'm not absolutely sure on that uh but they're cool looking thanks so much for the call all right uh, waiting for some calls for doug we'd love to hear from you 866-391-1020 you can also reach him via dollar bank instant access kdkradio.com you know i was talking to mary hours meteorologist kdk tv you know, daylight savings time and, of course, getting ready to fall back uh, in a couple of weeks, uh, Friday, uh, going into that weekend of Halloween. But Saturday night, midnight, Halloween night, of course, November 1st is when we do that. I asked her if it has anything to do with does it change the weather pattern at all, and she said no. But th- what about when it comes to planting and things of that nature? Does that have anything to do with some things that you might be doing this time of year? Because I know, Doug, you always plant uh, 365 days a year. Yeah, well, well, these shorter days, as the days get shorter, and it really doesn't relate to the time change, but uh, as the days get shorter, we know that the plants 
will not put on top growth. And that's the important part about this planting right now is that we want, whenever we plant anything right now, we just want them to put on this nice root system. And so with shorter days, cooler temperatures, that's what they're, they tend to do. You know, I still have trees to plant and that the, I always get lots of questions. Why are you planting trees and shrubs and these things in the fall when it's going to get cold? And this is the reason why is because it's going to be warmer down in the soil, but that top growth will not be affected. You know, when we do it in the spring, it, I, I plant lots of stuff in the spring, but but it's hard for a plant to put on the root growth, the top growth, and the flowers if the, if it's a flowering plant. So fall is the second most important time next to spring for planting. If you're thinking about putting a tree in, if you're thinking about putting some shrubs in, I just wrote a story that'll be out Wednesday about all the plants that I have out there, all the shrubs I have out there that are uh, deer resistant. And uh, there are a few of them. Oh, the deer are killing me too, though. Uh, I still, I have not got a frost yet. And so uh, I still have some beautiful marigolds out there and they sat out there all season long without the deer touching them. And then I walked out there and there was a big buck just destroying these flowers, just wanted the marigold flowers for some reason. And, you know, I have a doe and two fawns that walk by there every day. They're not interested. This is what will drive you nuts about, uh, about deer because they'll go like this. They'll go all season without touching a plant. You think, okay, well now next year I know I can put marigolds here because they don't like them. But then a, a buck comes through and just, devastates that that uh those flowers uh, i actually had them in containers so i put them put them in a place where the deer couldn't get to them and hoping to get those last blooms out of them i heard people did get a frost out there if you got a frost it's time to put that garden to bed uh which means taking all the the especially in the vegetable garden all those tomato vines and pepper plants and all that stuff get that foliage out of there uh, because that, that's a place where diseases and pests can overwinter. Uh, anything that, that that's tender and annual and once it hits a frost, I'm putting it in the compost pile as long as it doesn't have uh, any disease issues. And then the next step for me is always to put something good on the bed, compost, and then some mulch to keep that compost in place. But almost every bed will be filled up with something here or during the fall. I, You know, this is garlic planting time. Get your good garlic out there at our nurseries. Uh, as I've talked several times, Janoski says the best-looking German white garlic I've ever seen, and I planted a bunch of that uh, a couple days ago. Uh, but time to plant garlic, time to plant, uh, as we talked to Anita, t- tulips and daffodils and crocuses. Uh, it is a, it's just a great time to be in the garden. Uh, not as many pests, get things going, and it, it makes a big difference uh, this spring, the work that you're doing right now. May 15th is always the day that you uh, have said for years that you can really get going. The race is on as far as planning in the spring. But is it basically you just a wait and see situation is when you supposedly shut the garden down or stop planting, even though I know you don't, uh, because we don't really know when that first frost is going to hit or if it's significant enough, the frost that does hit. So what's the game plan for this time of year, Doug? Everybody deals with it a little bit differently. I like to wait until the last minute. Uh, now, that can mean being out in the garden when it's like 30 degrees and the plants are, you know, they, the frost has already hit them, so they're kind of saggy and uh, disgusting. <laughs> uh, but I like to, I just like to wait to the last. I want to enjoy whatever it is that's out there for as long as possible. You know, I'm thinking about pulling some tomatoes off today. 
to make his fried green tomatoes. We'll see. But some people, you know, for years and years and years, you, you know about when, at least in the past, about when that first frost is going to be. As I said, some people got it that last cold day we had looking at the weather now. For somebody like me who didn't get a frost, we're going to go for, for another week. And so I'm glad to have that stuff out there, especially the flowers. And so everybody deals with it a little bit differently. Like I said, I, I don't care. I'll be out there when it's 20 degrees and putting that stuff in the compost pile. I just want to see it out there for as long as possible. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back. More of your calls, Mrs. Know and All, and more as The Organic Gardener continues next hour. Great American Classics with Joe and Frank Dentisi on the Coons Cooking Hour. Good morning. Ah, uh, yes, he is. And he's got some company, right, Doug? Time for our Mrs. Know-It-All, that's horticulturalist Denise Schreiber. And Denise, before we start anything, you promised me that you're going to post your famous pie crust recipe on your uh, Facebook page, right? I already did. Oh, man, you're ahead of the game. Well, what's once. the name of the page? Uh, it's Mrs. Know-It-All on Facebook. So okay. um, there's also a chart there for the different types of apples and their uses as well. So All right, before we get to the apples, I want to talk about canning. <laughs> it's been like anything else this year. It's been a struggle. <laughs> yeah, it has. I um, I usually buy a case or two of jars in the spring, you know, so I have them and everything. And I ended up canning more because I had like extra red peppers, so I made a red pepper and onion relish and just extra things, and I ran out of jars. And you'll find them on the Internet. There are people that are price gouging them, uh, which is just wrong, just wrong. And I, you know, they're difficult to find. You know, if somebody says, hey, I found jars at, you know, Joe Blow's hardware shop, right. he's cleaned out in five minutes because everybody runs over there. So, um, you know, it's been a tough year. You can't use jars like that you get like pickles in or right right it's yeah you've got to use it has canning to be the jars. real deal right yes and uh the seals and the rings you can reuse the rings but you can't reuse the seals because they may not seal properly and botulism isn't about to be my new best friend yeah yeah safety first always right always yeah so uh real quick before we get to the apples how did you have well, how do why do you have this love for preserving? Because I you know I know you always talk about it. It seems like a lot of work, but it also sounds really tasty. Yeah, I um I grew up with it. You know, I mean, I can remember being like maybe seven or eight, and we lived with my grandmother, and she always canned. She was from the old country, and so you know we were always doing tomatoes. She made something called carrot sauce, which the recipe died with her, so we have no idea. Uh, and it was more something you put over like beef, but it's just something I grew up with. And when I first got married, I did a little freezing, but if you just have the uh, top freezer, you need that for other things, you know, not right. to put a lot. So. Um, I started canning again and discovered that things have changed since grandma's time. You no longer do the wax seals, which was my job. I got to play with the wax on my fingers. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, you don't boil the jars. You know, you can actually do them in your dishwasher, just run, you know, the cycle. And with the new rings and lids, uh, they're called, they're from Ball, which produces all of this stuff. Right. They're called Shore Tight. 
and all you do now is wash them in hot water and nice. rinse and put them on your jars. You do not have to simmer them on the stove. Now, it will say short tight on there, and those are the ones you can do that with. So things have changed. Um, I make my tomato sauce. Uh, but what I do is instead of putting them in boiling water and then peeling them and then putting them through the Foley mill, I actually wash mine, core them, kind of squeeze out all the gelatinous stuff with the seeds and throw them in my food processor and just give them a buzz and I can control the thickness or the chunkiness. And you actually get more fiber in your vitamins because the skin is actually in there. And then I cook it down to the desired consistency, and then I put it, you know, in the jars and process them, and I use them all winter long. All right, let's see if we can get to some apple information. Best apples for pies? Best apples for pies, um, there's uh, Cortland, there's Northern Spy, there's Fuji, there's Mutsu. Uh, you know, actually, on my page two, I have uh, a Granny Smith. Can't forget Granny Smith. That's kind of the right. standard people use. Uh, it's a tart. Not all apples are good for pies. Some are too soft, uh, and you don't. If you want an apple pie, you want an apple pie. You don't want applesauce. Uh, so I have a chart posted on Mrs. Know It All that you can go and look, and it has a whole list of which ones are best for eating, for pie, for applesauce, all around. Because, I mean, a lot of people just like to eat apples. Now, Red Delicious, you know, and I call that one the teacher's apple because it's always nice and shiny and red and big. It's good for eating. It's really not good for making pies. Uh, All right, Ms. Know-It-All, I think think we're out of time, Rob. Oh, well. Thanks, Mrs. Know-It-All. See ya. How are we doing on time there, Rob? You can do what you like to do at this time of the broadcast. Simply exit stage left. Go ahead, Doug. <laughs> Remember, organic gardeners, you make our world brighter and safer with each seed you sow and every garden you grow. All right, Doug. Have a great week. Great show. Stay with us. Great American classics. The Coons Cooking Hour. Joan Frank, then TC, Rob Pratt, Sunday after Melinda checks the news in four minutes. Good morning. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.